but I held her hand. She was breathing, but she let out some white hard breaths and then, then she seemed to stop. Um, and she died. It did feel like there was a moment when it might not have been the moment of actual death, but there was a moment when she stopped trying to breathe. And you, it makes death real in a way that I certainly wasn't aware of before. Hello, I'm Dave. I'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together. I need to get better. Please make me better. I want to get better. Better. Better acquainted with you. Today, we're getting better acquainted with bouncy poppy songs about death, uh, which is an album by the electro-pop duo uh, The Reactionaries. And it's a bit of a weird duo because it's got three people in it, kind of. Hasn't um, it got four? Because there's the mystery person. Oh, yes, that's and right. I don't, that's, I don't know who true. it is. I don't that's know who it is. That's true. That's true. Yeah, we, we, we outsource it to an anonymous producer occasionally. But there's kind of three of us in the room today to talk about this album. Who are the reactionaries? Who are we? So, yeah, good question. I don't know either. So you people who listen to the show know me. I'm Dave uh, and I'm your host. And... Uh, you know me, you've heard loads of episodes with me talking about me, uh, and if you don't listen to the show, have a listen back to those episodes, they're pretty good. Uh, and both the people I'm talking to have been on the show before as well, you're both getting better acquainted veterans. So we have on my right, Hayley. Uh, hello. Hello. And yeah, do you want to tell them a little, give, give them a bit of context about yourself, I guess. I was in Apples for Everyone with Dave and George as was everyone here, because they're Dave and George. Right. And I play the fiddle, I work for charity, I like writing, and that's about it. Cool. Yeah. And uh, you, George? Uh, yeah, I used to be in Apples for Everyone and I was the bass player. That's right. I mean, that, in fact, in a way, that's how we all got better acquainted with each other. To yeah. start with, we all met in a rehearsal room at a certain point, uh, and then we were in a band. Apples for Everyone was a big band, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. I think 15 is our like maximum we had uh, on, a, on the official lineup once we started. But in the early days in rehearsals, I think sometimes we had even more than that. Sometimes in some of those early rehearsals where there was just like so many people in a packed out room. Yeah. All of them smoking. Apart from you. Yeah. Poor, poor old Hayley. <laughs> I, know, I was the only one with earplugs. I was sensible. Yeah, you were. You were sensible. <laughs> I should have done that. <laughs> and, and that band was glorious, but it... It, it sort of uh, reached its end point and we all split up. How long were we together? Five years? I don't know, I heard, I heard you say five years, but it seemed less than that to me, but you could be right. No, I think it was. It was Time just five. goes quick. Yeah. yeah, I remember we quit exactly when I was, just after I was about 30, so it could be about five years, like 25 to 30. Yeah. Right. So I'd say five years. Yeah. So, and then, so, and we've been split up for a while, but uh, just at the end of, of Apple's, I think we decided to, to, to make a splinter group and have uh, the reactionaries, partly, I guess, as a reaction to, like, never getting stuff finished. Ironically, really, because the reactionaries have just taken three years to make our second album. So, uh, yeah, we, we're not as... Is that, is that why you called it the reactionaries? Yeah, Ollie, Ollie, didn't Ollie name it? Did he? Yeah, he said, oh, you guys are going to be the reactionaries, are you? 
and, and, and we said, <laughs> yeah, yeah, person. that sounds good. And we, we picked that as a name. Ollie was the trumpet player in Apples. But the, the funny thing about that is, I mean, the annoying thing is there is a band called The Reactionaries. They're quite, there? Yeah, they're, they were quite um, important in punk, I think. And I should have noticed, I should have remembered. But I don't really care. I don't think that you, I don't really think that it's okay to have things have the same names as other things. Yeah, so. yeah. I've got no problem with that. And that's who we are. Um, and how did this album come to be that we're going to listen to? Bouncy poppy songs about death. We wanted a concept didn't we? Yeah. I think it was my idea, wasn't it? Yeah, you suggested yeah. death. Yeah, in yeah. a happy, in a positive light. That's yeah. right, so we got together, so we made our first album and George produced that and it was pretty good and people can listen to it on uh, on SoundCloud, I'll put a link in the show notes to it. But then we sort of wanted to make a second album and it took ages to make our first album, right? It took a long time for that to happen. I did live in Surbiton and you lived in Leytonstone. That's but right. But then our second album, I also lived in Leytonstone and it still took ages. Right, we were literally <laughs> two streets apart and we still didn't manage to make it happen. But that's partly because our, our, our third party was far away mm. uh, in, well, not far away, in South London, but... It can be quite a distance sometimes, for, you know, when people haven't got that much money for travel. I think that's the, the big thing. Like, no, and we've all and got busy lives. Loads, and they need to carry loads of stuff across. Right, as well. exactly. And we've all got busy lives, mm-hmm. right? So it's hard to, to timetable stuff. Did I not bring the entire PC the first you time? You did. Yeah. But I don't think that was the reason it took so long. I think it, I, I can't actually remember the reason it took so long. I think, it, isn't it just because I was really busy? But Possibly, I, yeah. I was only busy for 18 months, so I can't remember why it took so long before that. You were like, I can't think about this until this time. And well, then you were do, like, I can't I think of this. Uh, education-based rubbish, so... Yeah. Um, I don't know why it took three years instead of 18 months, but there you go. No, yeah. I mean, I think it was, yeah. But, I mean, uh, sure, I don't know why it took three years. But that that's... how did we? Why did we start it? We started it because we wanted a concept, right? Yeah. And we wanted to work with George again. Yeah. And the first album we wrote the songs and then George came to it after that and he rewrote some of those songs and some of them didn't really fit together that well and the thing you asked for this time was to be in it from the beginning. Did I? Yeah. You were like, you wanted to be involved in the actual creation of the songs. So. I, can't, I remember saying that, but I don't think that's what we actually did. So no, we, think, we did, because we, like, we made demos, yeah. and then you made backing tracks, and we came and recorded oh, the vocals right, for yeah. the backing tracks. I didn't really, I was more of a kind of natural thing. I didn't actually think of it like that. I mainly did those backing tracks just because I thought it would save time, but I suppose it happened like that anyway. So we came up, and we, we, we talked about themes, and I talked about some of the songs I wanted to write, which were kind of going to be about death, we realised. And you talked about some of the songs you were interested in writing, and they were also about death. Yeah. So we decided to call it Bouncy Poppy Songs About Death. Did we think of the title at the start or yeah. at the end? Was it we had the title it? from the start, and George kept yeah. saying, whatever's the title, it doesn't matter. It might not be anything like that. Prepare yourselves. You should think of a title at the end. Um, but luckily, I think the album does fit the, the brief that we came up with at the beginning. Yeah, definitely. But I think it nearly didn't. But the final mix did, like the ones that I rejected sometimes, because we'll get into that, but uh, the, there were sort of, some songs were cut, some, some of them were cut by George, some of them were cut by me, none of them were cut by you, I don't think. No, I, I don't really go in for the like listening to lots of different mixes thing, I just get, I, I'm happy to let you do that. Yeah, well this time, the first album, George was giving us like 10 mixes per yeah, song, and that was that. hardcore, I listened to them and gave my opinion, but it was hardcore. This time round, it was much more like, here's two mixes. Yeah, 
I think, I think well, because you said I can basically do what I want this time. Yeah. Whereas last time it was kind of more, we'd come out of apples. I remember I probably took that from Harv. Harv used to send out a lot of mixes because everyone was complaining all the time. <laughs> right. So I just thought, I better keep them happier. I'm going to do a final mix. They won't like it. I'll have to do the whole thing again. But then this time you said, don't worry, you can do whatever you want. So I did. Yeah, that so was it. More or less, so, apart from a couple that I changed. Because it's quite interesting the way it works. worked. So w- me and Hayley decided that we were going to do 10 songs about death. Right, and then we we wrote what four each, something like that. And then yeah, that was it. it was going to be twelve, so it was four each, and then four together. <clears throat> together. So we wrote those songs, and we sort of like both did some sessions. Like so, there was quite a lot of work actually went into writing our own solo songs, and then we also met up and wrote songs together. And I think when you write songs together, they come a bit quicker, uh, but they're often less complicated, like complex, and so that's. So there's pros and cons. They can be stranger as well, or they can they can, they can go in unexpected direct. I get something that I wouldn't get writing by myself, right. definitely. Because it's yeah. a conversation almost. So yeah, you yeah, bring yeah. your opinion, and I bring my opinion, and we find a kind of compromise point. So it's kind yeah. of interesting. Um, so we wrote these demos. We gave them to George, and then at that point, George basically made the album, like rewrote the songs. I would say in lots of ways, and like um, changed it. Him and our anonymous other producer. Who I really... I don't know who they are and I really want to know. <laughs> Will you ever tell me? No, I can't. I can't reveal their identity. That's not fair. <laughs> so, I mean... Yeah, so, like, it, 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 it's weird because you didn't have anything to say in the concept and you got these, like, 12 songs given to you and then you sort of, like, came up with, like, how you were going to then make them into something. How was that? How was it? Yeah. It was fun. Good. That's good. <laughs> you mean, how did the process work? Well, no, but how did it, like... It, so you you get these 12 songs that about, are about death. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, I remember you sent me some very rough demos, which is like you guys with, like, a dinky keyboard and a guitar and stuff. Yeah. And then I made backing tracks just because they would be precisely in time for you to sing over. Yeah. And then I just kind of messed around just jammed over them and then decided whether or not to keep the original chords or to change one if I thought oh I don't like that chord I would just change it Yeah. and if I couldn't think of anything better I would just leave the original and make my decision based on that really well you put loads of new ideas into them they were astonishing to me coming in like they were like oh my god where's that so sometimes they were upsetting because it was like I hate that and yeah. we'll get to well, that's that fine. I kind of I, I like that but, but, but <laughs> most of the time they were like that's magical. That's something I would never expect. I love what you did with Grouse. It's awesome. Good. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Yeah, I like that one as well, yeah. Well, yeah, that's my favourite song as well, and that's going to be the first song we hear because it's the first song on the album. It's a great but start. It, yeah, it, it is. Um, so that's how this episode's going to work. We're going to listen to the songs, and, uh, yeah, we'll be back after this song. Um, and we'll be, like, reacting to it in real time because this is the first time we've really s- sat down together and listened to yeah. these mixes ever. Yeah. Um we all know the album. George is probably sick of the album. Me and Haley are kind of still in like love with the album, I think, because it's early, early dates. Um, and so here's the first song. I was a grouse 
running in the highlands, I didn't see the hunter coming, I didn't see the hunter coming.
Right, that's track one. So, I, I mean, we were saying during it, like, I think it's the single, even though it's too long for a single, I think it's almost the single of the, the, the album. It's a really strong song. They could play it in clubs. Yeah, and I think it shows, yeah. like, I mean, for me, it's easy for me to talk about because I didn't have anything to do with it. It's one of the ones that Hayley wrote on her own. Um, and then George pretty much, like, should have co-credit to the, to the writing of it because not only did he introduce the amazing sample at the end um but also he just changed the emotion of it i think when he put new chords behind sort of like the chorus bit yeah and suddenly it's like so like when your yours was quite like the original mix was quite horrific um like and it is still horrific but it kind of puts this kind of emotion in like this kind of like that isn't there in the words i think yeah um so it, it properly is a good bit and I, I, george revealed during the, the recording of it that the bass singing near the end that the over the sample is him and i've never managed to get him to sing on a on a, on a record before so well, I, hum, I hummed it yeah yeah all right hum it. I did, no. you put your voice in no. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon it's like George is going to turn out to have like the best voice. <laughs> yeah, it's just like my my fear no, and my it's hope. It's not very good. So yeah, I mean, like that's a song about a, what's that song about, Haley? It's about a grouse that gets shot by a hunter and taxidermied and put in a glass case, and then it wakes up and it in this glass case and it thinks the glass case is an egg. And it's still it's, alive. It's still alive, well, even though it's been taxidermied. <laughs> so I haven't like it. Artistic license. No, no, I like that about it. That's <laughs> um, what makes it so hor- horrific. It's just a really surreal song. I just had this surreal idea and went with it. Really. And did you see a grouse, taxidermy grouse? Is that why you came up with the idea? Well, I, live, I lived in East London and taxidermying is quite a thing, so I think that's probably where I... Yeah, that's true. Know, it's some, quite hipster, isn't it? It's quite hipster. Like, it was on my mind for some reason. I don't know. Um, yeah, I just had this strange idea and I went with it. Yeah, yeah and it is... Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's so, like, it's so, I don't know, because it's so surreal, it's quite evocative. Like, I think it makes me feel things that are, like, are nothing to do with a grouse. You know, this idea of, like, being inside an egg and this, like, that's got something to do with, I don't know, like, passing on your genes but not being able to or something like that. I, got all, I get all sorts of weird feelings about that song. Yeah, I hadn't thought it through much, really. No. But, yeah. But that's the yeah. beauty of it, isn't it? You write something and then people have completely different reactions mm. than you could even expect. But I think part of them are to do with the music, right? I think it's the, it's the mix. The, the music is, is particularly good, I think. It's, where's the sample from? It's from... It's, it's, I think it's Japanese. What's a, a geisha? Do you know what a geisha is? Geisha. What is that, Japanese or yeah, Chinese? Yeah, it's Japanese. Yeah, it's, it's a geisha lady singing. And um, I just listen to a lot of random stuff like that. And I just... Uh, basically what I did was I was just I, I, I did the outro which was just like two chords or three chords or whatever it was and I just thought oh I'll just file through some some different samples to see what might sound nice over it and I thought you know I like that lady's voice I'll just try that and it worked and it, just, it was really easy it was just kind of like I played the whole song over the grouse song and there was just like about five seconds of it that worked and I just thought oh that sounds really nice so I just cut that out and stuck it on there Pretty pretty basic stuff, really, but I've no idea what she's singing, so it could be... 
could be, could be relevant. It, it could, could be like could one of those tattoos people have. Exactly. And it could be completely in, inappropriate. It, it's just it does, it's meaningless. But <clears> because I don't speak Japanese, I kind of I think I appreciate a lot of foreign music a lot because because I, I can sort of imagine what they might be singing, and I don't I, I don't really need to know what they're singing. You, like you can't get put off by the lyrics. Yeah, but I like that. I like I like the fact that I can just listen to the voice, and I just thought it was a nice yeah language. Well, I feel like it's almost like the yeah. grouse soul singing. Like, like it's like the singing. sadness inside the grouse, like suddenly takes wing at the end. Like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it could mean what. Yeah, that's kind of the point. It could mean what you want, but hopefully we'll we'll find out one day, or maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so on to track two, "Inside the Autumn." This is kind of a love song to the autumn, written yeah. by both me and Haley. There's one bit in it that's the wrong lyrics, which drives me crazy, but that's okay. Throw your tight leaves down, cover the ground. These cobwebs hang like necklaces, they loop all around the nearly naked trees that you surround with all the silver light. Thank you for the stillness. Of the year. 
it's cheesy, but it made me laugh. So, I so I'll see what they see what they say. So we're referring there to the the end solo kind of what you call what you what you've called Bruce Springsteen solo. Yeah, it's a Bruce Springsteen style organ solo, which I thought was very cheesy, but I seemed to like it, so I left it. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, we've got the pizza out now, and yeah, that's the that's the second song. I mean, what what did like? Any thoughts on that before we move on to the next one? Um, uh, not especially, no. <laughs> no, I mean, you, you got me to re-record the vocals, and yeah. the thing about that is that you made them much better from that. Like, you I, gave I good direction. What, I guess what that, I did I is I turned it into a piano ballad, where, whereas originally, I, I'm trying to remember what it was originally. Originally it was a folk song. What was, what's difficult is because, because the originals I might have listened to for like two days... And then I, I started producing pretty much straight away. It's hard for me to remember exactly what I did to the original, but I'm pretty sure the original was a lot faster with the kind of strong it acoustic guitar. more wasn't. guitar and more fiddle in it, wasn't it? And it's gone sort of more piano-y. Yeah, yeah I just kind of, for some reason, I just did it like that, and I thought I'd, it would sound more autumn-y to make it a little bit more slower and with some kind of... Uh, sparse. You know, yeah, sparse, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds almost wintry, I'd say. I'd say it's late autumn. Yeah, yeah, but it's definitely, I mean, because it's nice to have, like, I wanted to do, to make a song that was a kind of about the autumn, because it is my favourite season, I think. Maybe spring and autumn. I like the ones where things change. Um, even the idea of dying as well, kind of, it, it fit. Autumn's, this is like the least one about death, I think, but the autumn is death, so that kind of, it makes but it's it It's beautiful. Work. Yeah, exactly. Like today, actually, I left the house and it was really, really a chill in the air and it felt like proper autumn for the first time yeah just today so yeah yeah it's ma- it's magical and that yeah. yeah we both sort of had quite I, I, I don't know I enjoyed uh, sort of brainstorming all of the things that were good about autumn like when we were writing it and just like trying to like get into it because I mean you're quite into the autumn as well right yeah yeah, yeah so it yeah. was like a meeting of autumn fans it reminds me of it's funny it reminds me of new beginnings it's always back to school back to university yeah because I'm not so far from that yet so um yeah, yeah, yeah no. it just reminds me of new stationery and little people in their school uniform and stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, I like I, I like the autumn a lot. I always hated it. You hate it. <laughs> when I was a courier, it just meant the rain was coming and that I was going to get cold soon. Yeah, sure. So, <laughs> for the last ten years, autumn's always signifies like get your long johns out. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, in which case, let's have a listen to the third song. Uh, what is it? I can't remember. Let's see. Uh, it was your choice. And, uh, well, this one's bleak. <laughs> yeah, this one is very bleak, actually, right? Trigger warning mm. for suicide.
So that was it was your choice. And that's the first one that's a p- very personal topic. Mm. There's going to be yeah. some personal topics for me later on. Uh, and that's your first personal one, I guess. We both, yeah. I mean, we, we, you know, there's a couple of songs that are like the grouse or there's some of them that I, I wrote which are like kind of fables, uh, like stories. And then there's some that are, are based on real direct experience and this is one of them, right? Yeah, absolutely. Everything is true and that it was... Um, a friend I had a massive crush on when I was a teenager lost touch with him next thing I heard was my brother calling me to say he killed himself when he was in his mid-twenties a few years ago and I went to his funeral and it was it was the first funeral I'd ever been to and it was everyone was just I mean a suicide is just you know everyone's just confused angry devastated and it was and yeah the the dad did say that at his funeral and uh, um it was tough and then I'd left work for the afternoon to go to the funeral and I stupidly went back and it was the last day before Christmas and they're all opening the champagne in the office <laughs> and I was like I had to leave I couldn't deal with that don't know why I went back but um I always skip over that song actually funnily enough because you find it hard to listen to yeah yeah, yeah. it is hard to listen yeah. to I think it is hard to listen to I think it's good though I feel like it sort of gives voice to some stuff about suicide that doesn't get said and I think that's kind of important because I think that there's far too much out there that is just like shaming, almost shaming people after they've done it. You know, like this kind of hatred and anger and just this whole idea that people are selfish and all of these things that get brought up. And I like the fact that this song doesn't go to those places. It goes to a very different place. No, I guess It Was Your Choice is still not much of a comfort, really. Right, which you say in the, yeah. in the song. Yeah. But I mean, I really like, and I really like, like what, the bit that really I find really evocative is the bit where you talking about like um you thought that he was too cool for you sort yeah, of thing yeah. like that sort of thing really relate like I, I don't know it, it makes it so kind of it says something important right so that guy that you thought was too cool for you he didn't want to live right so yeah. so that's something that's complicated like it's easy to sort of like resent or envy or want to be these cool people but their lives are probably very different from what we imagine right absolutely and that's yeah. what some yeah song gets at. it is hard to listen to what did you think about it george i never realized it was actually a true story yeah i thought it was just like an imaginative thing so i didn't think too much about it <laughs> I, just, I, I thought that to be honest i just thought the vocal was really good i really liked oh, your singing on it thanks. and i just thought oh you know <laughs> just, yeah. I just thought I would like to play bass on this and I just <laughs> yeah you I have a field day with bass I mean obviously I like really this song well. but I never really um, realised that it was a you know that person I thought it was kind of you were just you know thinking within yourself rather well, than actually relating it to something that happened so no, it's the first I, yeah. time I've heard that no absolutely was and it's I didn't even know him that well like I'd lost touch really right. but it's funny um, the people I've never I've never lost anyone yet who's very very close to me so I'm lucky in that aspect but I've known people like acquaintances or whatever who've died suddenly and they stick with you still even if you don't know them that well you just sort of remember it yeah right absolutely like the lyrics I really like I think that you did a really good job of like dealing with that because I know it took you a long time to come up with it didn't it you you knew you wanted to write about that at the beginning yeah but finding the angle to make it not trite and not, not overly sentimental and not cheesy and not exploitative as well yes, I think exactly. like you centre yourself in that song quite well which okay. is good I think like when people tell true stories at Spark uh, the, <clears throat> the thing that I always suggest to them if they're talking about other people is to centre themselves to tell their experience and I think you kind of clearly do that in that song and it's good for that reason but also I don't know I think it's uh, 
it, the melody as well like I think like you've one of the things I think about your songs and you know people, listeners can decide for themselves but I think when Hayley writes vocals they're, they're very un, unusual the melodies are quite unusual uh, and that's great like most singers and songwriters come up like we basically go into the same old groove because that's like easy to do like we know how and you don't do that you kind of come from kind of outside point and I really like that in your, oh, in your vocal lines I mean, because I mean, you said you like the melody in that, right? I, I generally like Kaylee's songs. I, I like your, your lyrics are very strange. <laughs> I sort of think that most people wouldn't say it quite like that, and I, I like the fact that you you don't try to make it like a conventional way of saying something. Like the, you know, all your songs are quite sort of like. Did she really just say that? But I like, <laughs> but I like that anyway, kind of thing. It's kind of like I'm glad you, I'm glad you just said it like that because it sounds like you. It doesn't sound like you're trying to write a song. Yeah. for the radio it sounds kind of like more real and it doesn't you know I have a lot of experience listening to, to bad lyrics and yours are not bad so well, thank you. <laughs> well that is a high compliment indeed from George you never say that about me let's see now, now so the, yeah this is the next song is another personal one but this time my personal and it's I hated being young I love this one I think this might be my favourite okay yeah. well see what you think listeners when you're young
This was a controversial track, though, because you gave a mix of it that was well, not bouncy yeah. at all. Well, the one I gave you was the unfinished one that I was trying to get right, which I really like the idea of. But oh, yeah? I, 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 I didn't want that on the album. I just sent it to you to see, so you, so you could give me some guidance of whether I should persist with it or not, and then you said you wanted a dance track, so I knocked that out pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, I always thought it was... Like, when I wrote it, I was quite pleased with the demo of it that I made. I liked it too. I just, and, I just, uh, I, it, did, I it did have a danceable feel, which I, I, I was pleased that you, that you brought yeah. out. I liked the original. I just I tend to sort of, like, get lost in sort of, like, a... I sort of just get very... Um, I just start messing around with stuff, and if I start to, you know... Even if I like the original, it's not, I didn't... Yeah, like sure. It, kind of go, no, 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 absolutely, go, yeah. it wasn't offended. <laughs> But I didn't. I didn't think that the other mix worked uh, in the context of the album, but also in the context of the song, which I guess is a very personal song to me. And it's always yeah. interesting when you give something personal to somebody else to do something completely different with. It's yeah. interesting that that this was the only real disagreement that I think that anyone had about the personal songs, um, which was which is good. Um, but this is my turning thirty song. I guess I was back back all those years ago. I was just about to turn thirty, and. Uh, I was feeling quite good about it. I liked it, yeah. um, and I don't didn't like my twenties. And I'm really pleased. I mean, everything that's in the song is yeah how I feel. It's, there's no point in me repeating it. Um, but um, but yeah, no, I wrote it. I wrote the words when I was at my um, writing retreat with my writing group, um, which was on Canberra Sands. So I was like sitting in the rain on Canberra Sands, <laughs> and that's where the kind of sea metaphor comes like Cornwall in. Or something. No, it's in Norfolk. Oh, okay. It's near Dungeness, which is like the best UK. place to go if yeah, like it feel, it yeah. feels like a yeah a, a nuclear wasteland. It's yeah. not, but it's got a nuclear power station. But yeah. but yeah, it's it's a really bleak in a beautiful way kind of place, and so I'd it was a good there. place. Yeah, 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 no, it was great, and it was good to be writing. It was, in fact, I wrote two of the songs from this album on that. I wrote um, uh, "Talk to Your Parents" as well when I was there. In fact, I wrote the music for that. But there, but for this one, I just wrote the uh, the lyrics, and then I sat in my room with my stupid little keyboard you know my little keyboard you bought it for your yeah, children yeah. Yeah, yeah. um coming up with yeah with that and it, you stuck quite close to the demo in lots of ways yeah it's I exactly think. the same i just i just put a bit of sort of extra stuff you know i put a new yeah. bass line and a funk guitar which i i thought I, I thought if i put a rick james guitar, it's actually a rick james guitar but i thought oh, he'll think it's talking head so i'll leave you in like, <laughs> and you'll be all right <laughs> I don't really care. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was, it, and I, I like the, the 
I mean, yeah, the backing vocals as well were like were, were ones that I've written, but it sounds like they weren't like written by me. It sounds like it's really like in the moment, and that you're like, uh, like, do you know what I mean? It sounds like it's a co-written song yeah, because of the backing yeah. so strong in it, which is great. Um, and it's it's interesting that on the album you chose not to do very many songs with both of our vocals on. It's... Yeah, I just thought uh, basically what I did is. I used the, if it sounded good, I left them. Right. If it sounded better without, I just so, took them out. That's so a review that. of our, our vocal performances. Yeah, I mean, no, well, with that one, like I noticed if I took your backings of vocals off and left Haley's, yeah. it sounded better. I like, much better, I like the much fact that, better, that she yeah. finished the, the verses. Yeah, and some of them, like like you know, with you know you on Jane Seymour or something like that. Um, you know, it's just a case of like occasionally I'll just mute a track and I think does it sound better without it if it, if it, if it does I'll just leave it off well yeah. that's interesting you've got to be a bit ruthless it's not a case of like you sang it badly it's just a case of it sounds better without it although so. you didn't yeah. mix that yeah. track obviously you didn't mix Jane Seymour no I didn't but I, I did give <laughs> but it you had a look at it yeah you had to so, think yeah. about it I had to think about it yeah. but I mean we'll get to Jane Seymour later on because it's interesting those vocals not being there it changes the actual meaning of the song and I think in hindsight I think it's better this way but we'll get there anyway Right, let's have a listen to the next track. Uh, Leave the Body. Ah, right. Oh, this one's pretty strange too. Yeah, well, this has a Getting Better Acquainted connection, right? Wasn't it inspired by your friend's better... It was, wasn't it? Yeah, Yeah. so one of the early episodes of Getting Better Acquainted is Elspeth, and uh, she talks about somebody dying just she was working in a shop and the person died yeah, that was it. Yeah. and she and she had this experience of seeing the breath leave the body of the dead yeah person. and i've never seen that myself but i just imagine what it would be like based inspired by that story yeah. i wrote this song yeah. yeah you gave a look it was your last one you gave a look and i knew you were gone you looked beautiful as you went away you were serene but the pain had just started for me the pain had just started for me I saw you go
very odd chords because you play it on a keyboard. Yeah. And because you do a lot of two finger or three finger chords that go like this, they're very strange. And I think you, you because you, you use your guitar, yeah, you I tend to stick to the chords you know. And only I think open chords, uses it? a lot of odd chords, which which is very easy for me to work with because there's so many ways you can work with them. No, for sure. Although I did use my keyboard, I wrote, or I wrote I wrote the song that we heard earlier on. I hey, hate being young. I wrote that on my keyboard. Yeah, I can tell that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it makes it more interesting too. I should do it. Not more. necessarily, but it's kind of. When you do those kind of on a guitar, it's more defined. I think when I hear it back personally. Okay, there's probably strengths and weaknesses, but that one is like a dance floor classic again. Like we were saying when we were listening to it, um, and I I really like it. I think you made it much happier. It was always designed as kind of a happy melody to undercut the uh, the, the sort of sad moments in the lyrics. Yeah, that's what what I was trying to do, and I I really like that about it. The, and that you've made it ridiculously so happy, <laughs> when like the, yeah. sort of on drugs happy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I guess is I don't know I don't know how you feel in that situation, but I guess it sort of super might feel supernatural. So yeah, because yeah. that was one part of the brief was to try and write. I mean, the the the, the title isn't you know it should imply that, but it it was to try and write positively about death, wasn't yeah. it? Trying to write songs that were looking at our relationship with death in a kind of respectful and interesting way rather than in a kind of like dramatic and it's the end like kind of thing it was you know having a peace with the idea of death yeah and I guess yeah. is this one sort of is this something to do with Quakerism for you as well I guess or like your your faith is there an element of that like the idea of the breath leaving the body not really well no. that's like, <laughs> this is the kind of stuff that like GCSE like English students write about poets that's bollocks isn't it that like, <laughs> these are the things that I think but I mean no I've had Quaker friends talk about their experiences seeing but what your friend Elspeth talked about is something I've heard about from other people too yeah so it's sort of it seems to be a common experience so right I've heard, I've heard Quakers talk about that sort of thing too but it's more, more, you know. It's more relevant just that they're people rather than right. the faith. Yeah. And it's a great lyric, like the goodbye in your eye. It's, it's great. Like that is a great lyric. Like that's like a like a good pop lyric. I think the goodbye in your eyes. But maybe it's slightly too cheesy for the title of the song. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, song, yeah, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't want to call it the goodbye in your no, eyes. No, that sounds like it's a sad ballad, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the but the yeah right. But leave, leave the body's a good name. For it's it. a clubbing classic again. It is yeah. a bit. This it's album, awesome. like yeah, they could remix it to you know, ad infinitum. Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely, a, 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 yeah, if anybody wants to remix any of the tracks, let us know, that would be <laughs> ace. Okay, right, so the next song is The Boy That Was Eaten By Wolves. So this is my weird fable song to kind of, like, a kind of the, the partner piece for the grouse in a way. Like, so our first album, we did a couple of weird fable songs. Yes. And that's something that we kind of... But the boy that's eaten by wolves is sort of based on an actual fable. Yes, it? it's yeah. a retelling. It's a, it's yeah. a, it's a, it's it's my attempt to uh, retell the boy who cried wolf, but from the point of view of the boy who cried wolf, um, and it's it's sympathetic to him because I am because I tell you why because I'm because all, all through my childhood I just remember being told I was the boy who cried wolf, right? Because so, <laughs> I, I was saying, you know, uh, you know, and that's a familiar story that was told to me, and I I always thought, yeah. I don't like the way that ends. Uh, that's not very nice for somebody. Anyway, here, here we go. The 
Eagles are coming, yeah they are coming fast They are gonna kill us so we need to trust Trust in you, trust in you, trust in you, trust in you. We're trusting you to know what to do So he lied to you He lied to you He lied to you He lied to you He wanted your attention So he lied to you kind of the, the the boy who cried wolf but from the child protection angle i feel like like the the, the kids uh are the innocent people and then any fable that says that a kid is kind of uh, guilty and responsible for not yet being an adult is is problematic to me um that's but a good yeah. point didn't think about it that way sure well yeah. yeah i mean i'm it's a bit of a weird song in that i don't think very many people are sort of like passionately politically against the boy who cried wolf it's a bit of a random uh, 
random thing to be really against by kind of um it, we were saying uh, while we were listening to that that it's kind of a bit like uh, this it, that's basically my arrangement right the original like the original yeah. arrangement that I did and there's a that and I I hate being young and my, I like the two tracks that are kind of closest to my normal musical arrangement if I was doing something yeah you sort of used like you played them thank god uh, but well, you used your, my parts every, as well. Everything is yeah. yours. I just put like a bass line on and a guitar part. So yeah. Kind of, but I was more of a band member on those. Yeah, and it's got my kind of signature um, loads of harmonies thing going on in those two tracks, which is, it's, it's uh, I don't know, I think it's something that I end up doing because uh, I can, the, the, the instrument I play that I can control the most is my voice. And so, uh, so uh that it's easier to write backing vocals and harmonies and stuff than it is to, to actually work out some instrument and mental parts to make stuff sound good. Um, yeah. So, what's the next track? The next track is... Oh, Jane Seymour, the first of the tracks uh, produced by our uh, silent producer. Will you ever tell me who this person is? <laughs> this is not fair. Victoria line When will it end? When will it end? I haven't even got a seat When will it end? When will it end? Sweat patches forming under my arms When will it end? When will it end? I'm reading my magazine with one hand When will it end? When will it end? The only thing that you take with you is the love you shared the only thing that you take with you is the love you've shared. The only thing that you take with you is the love you've shared. The only thing that you take with you is the love. I just
my friend They're all coming over this weekend These few words in the magazine And all the noise fades away Good job our, our full member, our mysterious anonymous producer, sounds sound so similar to you in terms of production. Or the, Those tracks would stick out, George. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, it's a great song, I think, that one. That one we wrote together, um, but it's based on your experience. Yeah, I was just reading Stylist magazine on the tube. I don't read it anymore. It's a ridiculous magazine. It like pretends to be all feminist, but it's still shoes and makeup all the way through right but they have some good interviews and there's this one with the actor jane seymour who i've never heard of before i know she's quite famous but she just said in it the only thing you take with you is the love you share and i thought that was surprisingly profound yes for, um a women's free magazine on the tube so it stuck with me yeah. yeah no i like that about it i really like the idea of just finding something profound in something that feels quite shallow yeah i think that I've experienced moments like that in my life and I think it's quite a relatable moment to like you're having a terrible time and then you just see something in a random surprise place that has this effect and like changes your view in a nice way and it it does I think you know musically that's what happens as well like the way that the song works it's kind of it's nice and cheery at that point there used to be a vocal uh, line a backing vocal line in the last verse that was me saying makes me happy and it was like hi um I don't and, remember that. Well, it was a good vocal line. I really liked it. And so when I noticed that it was gone in the mix, I was a bit disappointed. But then um, the more I thought about it, the more I'm pleased it's gone because I think that it implies that she's become happy. And I think that saying it explicitly is a little bit overkill and a little bit too yeah. cheesy. So I'm really pleased that that line was cut off by our mysterious anonymous producer. And yeah, that's it. I mean, that that's basically how that song happened. You sat down with me and I was on guitar and you were uh, or something probably like maybe a ukulele we just yeah we just jammed it, it out yeah. it was pretty quick 
it's quite a straightforward song really isn't it yeah it yeah. is but I like it and I like it's kind of again it's quite it's got nice realism like you, you, a lot of your lines have that in your in your stuff so like I like the kind of this I like you paint the it's not a very pretty picture you paint of the, being on a tube like yeah. it's all like it's a, it's a sweaty unpleasant experience you know and it's good to talk about that right because women are not seen in that way no true yeah. so I like it I just I mean and it's really relatable I think uh yeah I like that and uh there's some impressive stuff that that my mysterious producer did on that song that shame really adds to it yeah, yeah it is a shame so the next song is talk to your parents and it's a it's a personal one that I wrote I guess
Well, I'm very happy that that song is not nowhere near as long as it was when I first wrote it, because I wrote that in my writing retreat, and uh, like it was so long, it was like had ten verses or whatever, because <laughs> it was supposed to be about my relationship with my dad's death, and it is. That's what it's about. But I had all of this stuff about his heart attacks and all of these things like when I was growing up he had a heart attack when I was six and then they had a heart bypass when I was 15 and I played the whole thing for the writing group and they gave me notes on it as if it was a right a piece of writing and um yeah they basically told me to cut all the stuff to do with the heart attacks and keep the Lord of the Rings right which is not not what I was expecting but they were totally right that's yeah. where the heart of the stuff is that is where my relationship with my dad my dying comes comes from um and yeah, we're, uh, I'm very pleased to have uh, managed to get in two references, like two actual direct quotes from the Lord of the Rings, and make them into interesting melodies. That was what was exciting about Which doing are the it. Quotes? Um, out of doubt, out of dark, to the days rising, I came singing in the sun, sword unsheathing, to hopes end I rode, and to hearts breaking. That's one. And then the other one is uh, Theoden King, as a father you were to me for a little while. They're both from the bit where Theoden, spoiler alert, gets like dies. Um, <laughs> he's an old king who suddenly rides out, and so it was kind of evocative to me when I was growing up because my dad was old and he was t- he read me the Lord of the Rings. So did my dad. And my dad looks like he should be in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you have like so for me? My dad was always Gandalf and also Theoden because that was the old king road rides out and all that. Did you have somebody that you imagined your dad as? Yeah. <laughs> Not quite, no. Well, no. I think he only read us The Hobbit when I was little, actually. He's not, he's not a hobbit. No. Um, I wonder what I think when he listens to this. But you're not no, a I've hobbit, met your dad. So. <laughs> he's more one of the sort of the, the sort of stately kings with flowing yeah. long beard and the big cloak, isn't he? I guess he is, yeah. I mean, he's and he's into fantasy, isn't he? Whereas he's into live-action role-play. Right. Yeah. Yeah. My, my dad, uh, I'd never read The Lord of the Rings. I think he read it for the first time when he read it to me. Uh, he'd managed to avoid it that long. Um, but yeah, it was, so that's, and anyways, and it's about that, and it's about talking to your parents, and that partly is a getting better acquainted mm. thing, because I've talked to my dad and my mum and, and stuff as a result of doing this, and so um, I think some of the lines came from a spark story I once told, um, but yeah, about that stuff. But yeah, so that's my that's my most personal song I think I've written on this album. And yeah, it's a minimalist mix. So our producer friend who is not here gave it a, mi- a minimalist mix, which I think is good. And I, I do like the song, but I think one day I'm still going to try and give it a, a, a kind of rock arrangement or a kind of folk arrangement at some point. Because I just, I don't know, it's an important song to me. But and getting it right is something that's going to take a long time, I guess. But I hate that. I want things to be quick. I don't like that. But so what? So it goes. Sometimes you need to take 10 years to make a song good. Right. <laughs> Next, this song is The Tragedy Is Over. It's the theme tune for my show, Stand Up Tragedy. It's the song we play out on every time. Like every time, every day in Edinburgh, I played out on that, on your mix of that. Um, and I've uh, been doing that for about a year in it's London. <laughs> it's good, it works. It's, it gives it a dramatic sort of like back thing. And it's actually really good for putting over narration, which is quite good from a podcast point of view because it's so much instrumental. Because you basically stripped out like everything from this song and wrote a new song sampling our vocals I would say would you say that's fair Hayley? yes and I think it's good better for it right? yeah yeah I mean I think our original had a good idea but it was a bit cheesy 
and it, it was a bit... maybe that fit a live show right yeah. maybe it did yeah. maybe it did I think it was a little bit repetitive this isn't definitely not repetitive you actually <laughs> it's not a comedy show, is it? So it's a tragedy show, so you can use this. So anyway, when you're listening to this, imagine it's the end of a show, because it kind of almost is. Dry your eyes, it's time to go.
that's a great end track for an album. There is another track, there's a bonus track, so but I'll I'll we'll, we'll say goodbye before and we'll play us out on the bonus track. But yeah, the uh, that's a great song. You think you were, we were talking about it when we were listening to it, and you think it's you, you you're worried it's too kind of avant garde and no, sort of. No, no, I don't think it's that avant garde. But I just think I thought like because you you were going to use it for your end of show track, I just thought it would be a little bit too extreme with guitar feedback wise. You know? No, I think that I was but saying. I, I'm, I think, I'm, sort of, I'm not sure what other people's tolerances. Are I think the point. guitar feedback is really pretty to listen to. Like, I think it's great. Yeah, I just think it's, it's really good. It's not like. Yeah. A, Abrasive. I don't listen to it and go, oh, this is hard to listen to, but I appreciate it. I go, this is really delightful to listen to. That's good, yeah. I mean, didn't you do weird stuff with that feedback, though, like when you were making it? Yeah. What did you do? <laughs> well, well, it's it, it's a combo. There's, there's two or three guitar tracks on that. I think it's, I'm not sure if it's two or three. One of them is just me with a guitar doing guitar playing with feedback. And the other one is, 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 is a bass in the corner of a room with me throwing things at it. And I sort of um, just connected a ridiculous amount of guitar pedals to it and just kind of twiddled the knobs on these pedals while throwing things at a bass. So I'd throw like a fork at it and a, and a knife or a cuddly toy or whatever was in the room. So that's the sort just, of sounds that you can hear, like they sound like kind of gunfire in the background, is it? You'd be surprised what is that and what is actually guitar playing. It's quite some of the stuff you'd think is is quite melodic is actually me just throwing things at a guitar. Yeah, that's what I which feel I've like. actually made melodic by tweaking like a tone on a guitar pedal uh, quite precisely. And some of the stuff which you think would be throwing stuff at a guitar is actually me with an actual guitar going like that very carefully with a with my hand. So it's it's very uh, meticulous and, and difficult to explain. Quite boring, but essentially it's. Um, it's all feedback of some kind. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, well, I think it works really well. You stripped out a lot of the song, which I think is fine. And it works really well as an end of a show song for, from my point of view, because it is epic and it is kind of like dramatic. And it's like, we've had an experience and now we're going and this is the end. And it's like, that's why it's a good last track on an yeah. album as well. It's yeah. like, this is an epic moment. Like, it's like, here's the fireworks. It's almost like, here's the fireworks at the end, like with the end. I, I'm happy with that. I mean, the, the, that's the one track where, apart from the beat, which I really don't like, it's the one track where I imagined it in my head and it pretty much came out like 90% exactly how I wanted it to come out. So I sort of thought, well, I want it to sound like this, and that's how it sounded with the strings and the and the feedback and stuff, and that's how I wanted it. But then I put this drum beat over it because I thought it would make it a little bit more groovable to an audience or to anybody listening to it. I don't like the beat at all. So to me, like if I had a live drummer, like a nice jazz drummer that I could say like make it make it sound good, you know, I'd be really happy with that. So that's kind of my favourite track in some ways because it it, it it appropriates the vision in my head the best. But um, the beat really irritates me. So. So that's I'm one happy you, with it, you know. You know. I think that's the one that you wrote the most. I think that's like the it's, song it's out of all of them that's, that's really yours that you made. It's the one that I wanted. That I thought I wanted to sound like that, and I, I imagined it, and it sounded almost how I imagined it. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's it might be my favorite track. It's between that and the Grouse, and I like those ones. Maybe the like actually Lead the Body, I like a lot. It's, there's a lot of songs on this album this, that I like. <clears throat> I don't think there's any that I don't like actually, and that's rare for my from an album point of view for my own stuff I think there's ones that I'm like even if I like them I'm like oh I'm a bit bored of that now but there's none of these yet at this point yeah. I'm bored of yeah. I like them all and I think a big part of that is that it was other people who made the things that I am delighted by so I can like them as a fan uh, which is always fun so that is Bouncy 
poppy songs about death, you can find it on Bandcamp. The link will be in the the show notes and you can listen to it uh, and you can download it um, for as much as you'd like so zero or some money and some Has money would be good you? no one's paid us more <laughs> that's when I'm making this show um, but no it's one cares, I know <laughs> but it's something that I'm w- w- yeah I know that they, they, we should yeah, I'm really proud of it yeah, yeah. I think we should and if you've got the time to do it definitely do it um, but I'm you know putting this out there for at least some other people to hear the songs and have an opinion and you know, if you want to tell us your opinion, that would be great. I think feedback would be good, even if yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. I hate the album. As long as they hate the album, because I would actually really appreciate. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. kind of I'd like because you, you learn from stuff, you know. So. Well, GBA podcast at gmail dot com uh, for your email feedback, or at GBA podcast on Twitter for your uh, Twitter based feedback. They'd be good ways to communicating with us or the reaction with facebook page that's right the, yeah. the reactionaries are on facebook we're also on soundcloud um you can listen to our first album and download that there uh it's not as good as this one but it's still got some really good standout tracks yeah this is the section of the show where i normally plug stuff so we're already doing that that works but if you liked that last track that in a couple of days time if you listen to this when it comes out on the 25th of <laughs> september uh stand-up tragedy is doing tragic friends at the dog star in Brixton, where that song will be playing us out. Um, and and we're also, in, on the 25th of October, we're at the Hackney Attic with Tragic Horror. So that's gonna be a horror-themed night. So the next one that's coming up is all of the best acts that we met in Edinburgh doing their stuff in London. We're getting the band back together, as it were. Uh, and it's pay what you like, that one. So come along to that, people listening. And people listening in the room, you guys can come. You should come, uh, you're very welcome. You don't have to pay any money to get in. So yeah, you can find you can find out. There's a Facebook event I'll link to, and you know it's www.standuptragedy.co.uk is the website and all of that stuff. The Dogstar Brixton 7:30 on Thursday. So yeah, have you guys got anything to plug? No. <laughs> I just wrote a novel. If anyone wants to publish it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, sure. If you if you if you if you're intrigued by what what a novel would be like from the person who wrote <laughs> the Grouse song, I mean, wow. If it's all as good as the grouse, then yeah, it's a bestseller. What genre is it, Hayley? Urban fantasy. Yeah? yeah. Appropriate. Like the Candyman. I don't know the Candyman. That's yeah. urban horror. Yeah. It's oh, not horror. Oh, okay. Well, it's kind of fantasy. And also, I don't know if urban doesn't mean necessarily mean uh, like... Council estates. No, it, it means in a city, right? Well, it's sort of set in like Leighton Stone in Hoxton. Right. Sort of, it's about East London hipsters who get their souls stolen by old people who want to live as young people again. Wicked. That's, that's, a, good, that's a good pitch. God, that I'll read actually. that book. <laughs> For sure. And also, like, I guess you, George, whilst you say you haven't got anything to plug, if people have enjoyed the production that they've heard in this... Yeah, absolutely. That... If anyone's got a track that, that they've written, they want me to just put, put some instruments or any kind of... Um, Anything that you've heard on, on any of those tracks that you liked, whether it be keyboard parts or bass or guitar, um, I'm happy to do it. So I like to do it for fun. So I wouldn't charge anything. If you make loads of money, I would. But otherwise, I'll do it for free. So. But you can always choose to pay him uh, yeah, you if you think that that's him, an ethical I, thing know, to do. So I, if you've got I, the money I enjoy, to pay him, pay I enjoy him, I think. making music. So if, any, if anyone likes anything I've done on there, then, then by all means, contact me. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, but if you want to pay him, pay him. And also, I'll take money if you want to pay me for any kind of project. I'm freelance at the moment. Uh, but also, yeah, I mean, not just production, I guess, also scoring of 
uh, stuff I reckon you'd be good at. Yeah, like I mean, film you know, and stuff like that. If you've got the impression of anything within those tracks that I might be appropriate to do for you, then then, then yeah, good. Yeah, it doesn't always take three years. No, I have been doing very boring things over the last year. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right, um, and yeah, the last thing I ask my guests to do is to say goodbye to the audience. And once we've said goodbye, uh, we will play them out with our final bonus track which is at the end of the album which is pretty much an instrumental right the Euro George yeah it's, it's just I just improvised it it's like an improvised piano and then I improvised the synth then I improvised the guitar and then I stuck your vocal over the top and it's a weird vocal from back in Apple's days and it sounds it? yeah but he's, done yeah. It, he's played it backwards which, which vocal was it? it's Dancing Daco I put it I recorded it onto a cassette I put it in a four track I played it backwards and then I, then I filtered out all the low frequencies to make it sound like you were whispering. Yeah, and if you enjoyed <laughs> the Lord of the Rings reference in the earlier song, I think that you'll enjoy this track because it sounds to me like it's kind of like um, written in uh, orc language. Like it's like something from like uh, it's like something from Mordor. The the, yeah. the sound of the chanting of me singing the song is very very sinister, uh, and I like it. So we should say goodbye to the audience. So uh, goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. find getting better acquainted on twitter at gba podcast you can find it on facebook it's getting better acquainted have a search on facebook and like it or you can find it on the website www.gettingbetteracquainted.co.uk you can also subscribe by searching on itunes and subscribing to us that way and on the stitcher smart radio app that you can download for your smartphone from stitcher.com or through the app store. There are lots of ways to get better acquainted.
Circus music. That's good, we should get that yeah, on the yeah. actual recording. That's kind of why I was going to take it out. 